Hey y'all, you're listening to Damsels in Detroit, the podcast all about women from the city that are killing it in their industries. I'm your host, Evan Webb. Each week, I invite a damsel to come on and talk with me about their life, careers, and why Detroit girls do it better. Hey y'all, we're back. Another episode of Damsels in Detroit. This is episode 28, I believe. And so we are creeping on up to 30, which is really exciting. Um, And so today we're going to be talking about hair with Madison Ari. So I'm going to read a little bit about her before we get into our questions. Madison Ari is an alchemist and hair care expert born and raised in Detroit. Madison has always had an interest in healthy hair and healthy foods and started experimenting with organic produce and herbs and hair care while she was in high school. In 2013, Madison graduated from Marinello's, I hope I said that right, School of Beauty, obtaining her cosmetology license at the age of 19. Today, Madison continues to formulate products that promote growth and healthy hair. Not only is Madison passionate about beautification and healthy hair, she's dedicated to inspiring young girls to utilize their resources and push until they reach their goals. Hey, girl. Hey. What's up? Nothing much. (laughs) You look super cute, like I told you earlier. Thank you. I really like this jumpsuit. Um, business super cute yes and it was very cheap so. was it yeah i love a good deal where'd you get it from rainbow oh so you know they had the same vendors as fashion though yes so yes 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 yeah. and i feel like people don't think about this no they don't but if you look in the tags like if uh-huh. you go to rainbow and look in the tags they have the same vendors as fashion over you just skip paying for shipping and you can try it on right so. okay Hmm. Well, thanks for putting us up on game. Yes, they always <laughs> have fly jumpsuits, and they're not like flimsy when you wash them. Okay. See, that's why. Like, I've ordered some things from Fashion Nova, and I was like, I don't know about this. Like, it just, I don't know. It looks cute online, and then you get it. You try it on. Like, yeah, that's why I like to try things on. Yeah. So I'm like, I'll just go up the streets to mm-hmm. Rainbow. Right. The one that's in Southfield. <laughs> it's on Greenfield. I go to that one. Okay. All the time. Okay. Thank you. Um, so, ready for these questions? Yes. Okay, so first one, what got you into doing hair? Okay, so my hair texture is different than my mom's hair. Okay. So when I was younger, my mom would just put my hair in ponytails, Mm -hmm. but they would get, like, tangled or matted, because I have, like, I have curly hair. It's, like, 3C, 4A hair. Okay. So I can wear a wash and go, things like that, but my mom wasn't buying the proper products for my hair because her hair is wavy, Mm -hmm. and her hair is very heavy, so she doesn't need the same amount of product that I need and Mm -hmm. things like that. So I just started doing my own hair, mm-hmm. and then my mom also had a catering company when I was younger, so she would always have, like, fresh produce or herbs okay. and things at home, and I started researching, like, ways that you can use that in your hair. Okay. And I started making products at home. Yeah. So who was, like, your first client when you started, like, getting into doing people's hair? Actually, my little cousin. Okay. So a lot of my mom's friends have been her friends for years so mm-hmm. I'm very close to like their kids Yeah, and they didn't want to do their kids hair so I would experiment in their hair mm-hmm. and like create conditioners and things like that That's and I'm so like cute. ooh let's see how this works in your hair mm-hmm. and I would use it on myself so so were you doing like braids were you doing absolutely not I'm oh. probably the only black girl who doesn't like to braid okay. or do braids that does hair mm-hmm. um, I only like to braid for sew-ins and it's just okay. because it's necessary Yeah, but I was doing like um, silk presses I learned how to cut hair really early on okay and I also used to do people's color in the kitchen oh. at my house. Well, you know, <laughs> hey, self-taught, self-made. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. <laughs> I knew how to do hair be- well before I went to cosmetology Okay. School. I feel like that's a lot of people. I feel like they kind of like have that skill. Cosmetology they... school doesn't teach you how to do hair. You have to already be talented. Okay. Cosmetology teaches you the book side of it and gotcha. like the science component that you need behind doing yeah. hair. Okay. See, I'm glad you said because we're going to get into that, too, because I always I feel like when I talk to people that went to cosmetology school, they're just like, I don't even feel like it was I don't want to say that they don't feel like it was worth it, but they don't really see like. I guess the necessity of it or it's like... Um, I do think it's a necessity. Okay. Now, I think that everybody should go to cosmetology school that okay. wants to do hair. Okay. But it's because I believe that you need to know the science component behind hair mm-hmm. before you get to doing stuff to people's real hair. True. Now, if you're somebody who only wants to do braids or sew-ins, don't go to cosmetology school because okay. you can get a natural hair practitioner license without going to cosmetology school. So that would be a waste of money because I paid like almost $30,000 for cosmetology school. But I learned a lot when it goes into me formulating products that I would not have known without having that book work Mm -hmm. behind me in terms of biology and things like that. Okay. That's so interesting. But Uh, everybody is different. So it honestly depends on what you want to do with your career. Okay. Hmm. 
Um, so like you said, you started kind of mixing like organic ingredients, like different herbs and produce into your products. So talk to me about like that process and maybe some things that you mixed together that worked and some that did not work and maybe some household items that, you know, pretty much everybody probably already has that Mm -hmm. we can use in our hair. Okay. So, um, creating products is very trial and error. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, because everybody's hair is different, number right. one. So what I do for one person's hair, I may not do for another client. Mm-hmm. Um, I will also say that mixing produce together is a lot safer than mixing actual chemicals. Okay. Because it's like herbs that you can eat. So right. I started off doing things that you could just eat, not any chemicals. Now, because I have shampoo and conditioner, it's completely different. Okay. I actually get my shampoo and conditioner manufactured now. Okay. I just had to go through a chemist to create. Um, well, to fine tune basically the mm-hmm. formulization that I came up with. Okay, but that involves more behind the scenes things because it's shampoo. Yeah, it's not just like oh, I'm gonna put some parsley in my mm-hmm. hair. <laughs> but um, one of my favorite things that's the home thing that you can use in your hair is avocado. It's okay. a great plant based protein for your hair. Yeah. It also has a lot of um, fatty acids in it, and okay. your hair is made up of amino acids. Mm-hmm. So that helps your hair as well. It's a good way to moisturize your hair as well as strengthen it. Because it is protein. Okay. And do you mix, do you just like straight up put the avocado in or do you need to mix it with something? So um, I suggest people mix it with like aloe vera juice. Okay. You can put it in a blender and just like put a mask on your hair. Oh, and like leave it in and then rinse Mm -hmm. it out. Okay. So aloe vera is a humectant, so it attracts moisture to your hair. Okay. So I have the driest scalp, I feel like. Like and I feel like it's even worse now that I've cut my hair super short. I feel like I have to wash it every few days. Mm -hmm. Um and I just feel like even then, like, it still sometimes gets, dry. like, dry and, like, flaky. So what should I do? Do that? you drink a lot of water? I could drink more. Okay, so up your water intake, number one. When okay. people have flaky scalps, mm-hmm. um, a lot of times it's because their water intake is off. Okay. If it's extreme, like, really, like, thick and flaky, mm-hmm. nine times out of ten they have a skin condition. Okay. So they need to go to the dermatologist. Okay. But if it's just something, like, it's just itchy and it's bothering yeah. you, it could be your water intake. Okay. Um, I also tell people to up their green vegetable intake because that has a lot to do with um, what's going on with your skin and your hair as well. Okay. If you eat a lot of green vegetables, you'll notice a difference in your skin as well as your hair. And then what about when you're washing? Because I know some people say to wash your hair in like cool water or something. Like, is that true? So you can shampoo with warm water. Okay. Because warm water opens up the cuticle of your hair. Mm -hmm. So it'll help you to remove any of the um, product buildup or impurities in your hair. And then when you get ready to rinse your conditioner, you want to do your final rinse. Like after you get all of your conditioner Uh out, you want to do your final rinse with cool or cold water. Okay. Because that seals the cuticle of your hair down. Okay. So it helps for your hair to reduce frizz and then you don't have to use as as many products in your hair when you're going to style. Okay. Because the frizz is pretty much gone. Yeah. Now, speaking of shampoo, so I know some people are like no sulfates, like all of this stuff, or some people just prefer to co-wash, like Mm -hmm. period. What do you recommend when looking for a shampoo? Like, what are some things that definitely sulfate free? Okay, none of the products that I use in my clients' hair have sulfate in it. Okay, um, especially my own product line mm-hmm. that sulfate free, um, paraben free. It doesn't have any alcohol in it, no sodium chloride, none of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then my shampoo and conditioner is also thermal protection as well as UV protection. Okay, a lot of cheaper products are not going to have thermal or UV protection in it because that is a more expensive Right. process to create something that has that type of technology behind mm-hmm. it but just make sure you're using things that are moisturizing and read the ingredients a lot of times people grab stuff thinking like oh it says it's for natural hair it doesn't mean that it's sulfate free okay. okay like you gotta read the bottle mm-hmm. some people will be like oh well i thought because you didn't read yeah <laughs> Once you start seeing all those big words, I'll be like, okay. That means, yeah, like when you see like a lot of stuff that you don't understand, unless it's, it's in parentheses mm-hmm. and it says like um, aloe or something like that, because sometimes companies do use the scientific right. name. But just read and make sure like, okay, what is this? Because a lot of times surfactants look like big words, mm-hmm. but they're not harsh for your hair. It's just what makes it sudsy. Okay. Because there's a surfactant, I cannot remember the full name, but the beginning starts with cocoa. But basically, it's like coconut oil. Okay. But the way that it's formulated in terms of the science aspect of it is like the coconut oil is turned into a surfactant. It's what um, Castile soap is made out of. Okay. So that's not going to damage your hair, Mm -hmm. but it helps to get the impurities out of your hair. Okay. Because I did like... 
by Dr. Bronner's one time and it was like, you can use this for everything. So I was like, I'm going to yeah. try it in my hair. So I did. And I felt like it definitely helped with like calm the itchiness down, mm-hmm. but it felt kind of Did your hair feel dry? Yeah. So when you use, because coconut oil actually dries people's hair out. Okay. I don't know why people say, oh, put coconut oil right. in your hair. Coconut oil just sits on top of your hair. It doesn't penetrate your hair shaft. Mm-hmm. And it's too much protein. So a lot of times it'll make your hair feel dry if yeah. you have protein sensitive hair. Mm-hmm. And then you have to follow up with something that's moisturizing, like honey or okay. aloe, things like that. Mm-hmm. Because those are humectants, so they attract moisture to your hair. Okay. Yeah, I just, I did it like once or twice, and I was like, okay, we're not going, we're not going to do this. Yeah, supposedly <laughs> you can use that for everything, like to brush your teeth, everything. Yeah. But um, I just buy their toothpaste. Yeah, listen, <laughs> I'm like, showering is fine. We'll just use this for showering. <laughs> like, I'm Okay. Um, what are some things that you feel like we should all be using in our hair? And what are some things that you feel like we should stay away from? So you just mentioned coconut oil is, like, not really yeah, doing anything. Yeah, that's a dub for me. Yeah. I don't feel like anybody should mm-hmm. use coconut oil. Yeah. I also do not feel like people should use Jamaican black castor oil. Okay. It's too heavy on your hair. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of people are like, oh, I love that, blah, blah, blah. But it's not considered a traveling oil. Okay. So a traveling oil is something that will secrete with your hair as natural oil, mm-hmm. meaning like it'll go down your hair shaft. So say you you know how people oil their scalp when right. they have braids. Mm-hmm. Um, when I created my, I have a growth serum and it's like a scalp tonic, but okay. it's oil based. Yeah. So when I created that, I did research to make sure everything that I was using was considered a traveling oil. Mm-hmm. So your hair does not build up. Like when you use Jamaican black castor oil, you'll get build up on your scalp. Okay. It's because it's not secreting with your natural oils. Mm-hmm. So it's making you get that heavy gooky. Yeah, like really gross. Yeah. Like you just put a lot of jam. Yeah. <laughs> like when you take out a sewing, you know how you see people with buildup on their mm-hmm. scalp? It's because their oils are not secreting. Okay. So it's creating flakes. Yikes. So what are some things that we need to start incorporating into our daily hair routines? Um, Like I said, more water. Okay. Make sure you're moisturizing your hair. If your hair is not straightened, like if you don't have a silk press or anything mm-hmm. and you're wearing your hair curly, you need to be spraying your hair every day with some type of moisturizer. So okay. you can create your own. Okay. You can use like distilled water, aloe vera juice. Um, You can add whatever type of traveling oil that you like. So like a jojoba oil. Mm-hmm. Things that are light. Okay. Jojoba oil is the closest to our skin's natural sebum. Okay. So it's great. Um, as a light traveling oil. Yeah. And then, as well as those ingredients, you can add, like, if you want it to smell good, you can add an essential oil. So, okay. like, lavender, peppermint, mm-hmm. anything like that. But spray your hair every day. I suggest that people do the lock method. So, uh-huh. even if you're just missing it a little bit, okay. just spray it once in your hair. You can follow up with, like, a cream or an oil mm-hmm. to lock in that moisture. Okay. Now, two questions. One, what are your thoughts on tea tree oil? Yes or no for your hair? hit or miss okay so if you do use tea tree oil it definitely needs to be diluted right it's not something you should just yes directly. so i mix it with jojoba oil mm-hmm. just a little bit but sometimes i'm like is it too much is it too like or am i like is this drying my hair out too? yeah because some people who i'm not a fan of tea tree oil because i don't like the smell so okay. i don't use it that often but a lot of people i know who use tea tree oil do say they feel like it's drying yeah I know somebody who makes skincare products, and mm-hmm. they say they use tea tree oil for acne products because it dries out like the any bumps. bumps. Okay. So I don't think that it's moisturizing, but if you're only using it a little bit for the stimulation of mm-hmm. it or because it is – tea tree oil, I believe, is antibacterial too. Okay. So if you have, like, something going on in your scalp that's, like, bacterial dandruff, mm-hmm. then tea tree oil will be great. But okay. if you're just trying to use it to moisturize, probably not. Okay. And then – I haven't used a cream in my hair for, like, a year now because I just felt like since it's so short, it was, like, I don't want all Mm -hmm. of that in my hair. So I do oil it, like, pretty much every, if not every day, like, every other day. Mm -hmm. But do you suggest that people that have shorter hair still do the LLC method? Yeah, um, I use cream in my son's hair, and his hair is cut like yours. Okay. Um, I just use this cream called Verb. Mm -hmm. Or I'll put shea butter in his hair. Like, I have my own whip shea butter, and it has, like, it's not just shea butter. It's other ingredients yeah. in there, too. But if I use whipped shea butter in his hair, it's normally in the winter because he needs something a yeah. little bit heavier. And I'll just emulsify it in my hands and then rub it through his hair with a brush. Okay. I'll have to get some of that from you because 
it's getting cold outside and I already know what that means. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that was actually my next question too. So with the weather already starting to get super cold. So today is like what, 40, we're at 41, I think mm-hmm. when I left. So how should we be protecting our scalps during the winter? So, you know, we have on like these cotton hats and we have on yeah. like, I don't know. Wool coats. Wool coats and all of this stuff that people say, like, don't put that directly on your mm-hmm. hair because it'll yeah. dry it. So what should we be doing? So if you have a wool coat or you wear, like, a pea coat, a trench coat, anything mm-hmm. like that, if it's made out of wool or cotton, you need to get a silk scarf Okay. to wrap around your neck so okay. it's protecting your hair because you don't want your hair to break off in the back. Mm-hmm. Also, you can get, like, the satin or silk-lined cotton hats online. There all are right. a lot of black companies that make them mm-hmm. now. I don't know any names offhand because I'm not a hat wearer. Yeah. My mom laughs at me. She's like, you're going to be freezing. But I don't wear hats. Do you do earmuffs? So, no. What about a headband? <laughs> so, if I go outside or go ice skating or something, mm-hmm. I'll tell one of my friends, like, bring me some oh earmuffs. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I do suggest people get, like, the satin-lined hats. Okay. Or one of my clients, she will put on a bonnet underneath her hat and okay. not tuck all of her hair in, but she'll, like, put it on top of her mm-hmm. hair. And she she did it yesterday, actually, after I did her hair. Yeah. She just bought her bonnet with her mm-hmm. and put it on underneath her hat. Because okay. she was like, my hats mess mess up my hair, let yeah. alone break it off. So. Yeah. Okay. Because even when I wear my little cotton one right now, I'm like, it's getting a little itchy under here, but I'd rather my head not be cold. Right. And then should we up the amount of, like, products we're using? Should we, like, switch? Should there, is there a difference between, like, stuff we should use in our hair during the summer versus the fall versus the winter? So there's definitely um, a difference in products that you should be using. You should be using heavier products in the winter unless you're somebody who gets your hair done consistently. Okay. Like, you're getting silk presses all the time or you keep a Mm sew-in. But even then, you want to make sure that your stylist is keeping you, um on track with treatments. Okay. So I know in the winter I do a lot of steam treatments with people because I have a steamer at the salon. Okay. So I make it kind of mandatory. Like you're going to have to at least get two steam treatments a month because Mm -hmm. your hair is going to start breaking off unless you're going to drink a gallon of water a day, which most people do not. Yeah. So the weather is very dry in the winter. We know that Mm -hmm. we live in Detroit. Right. It's about to get crazy. Yeah, it's like <laughs> bone chilling cold, yeah. no moisture. So you want to make sure you're using a heavier conditioner. I also have people get Olaplex treatments. Okay, um, what is that? So Olaplex is a bonds rebuilder, so it rebuilds the disulfide bonds mm-hmm. that our hair is made up of. Okay. So if you see people who have hair and it just looks brittle on the ends, mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, it's because those bonds are broken and they either are not getting haircuts properly okay. or as often as they need to or they're not treating their hair or both. Mm-hmm. Because if you do treatments properly, you don't have to trim your hair as often. Okay. Oh, if you up your treatments, then you can get less haircuts. Okay. Can you kind of walk me through what the steaming process is like, too? Because I've heard of it, Mm -hmm. but I don't know if I've ever seen anybody get it done. Okay, so a hair steamer looks like a hooded dryer. Okay. But it has a water tank behind it. So okay. different brands look different, but mm-hmm. all of them have a water tank, and it literally boils the water, mm-hmm. and it comes out as steam. Almost like a steamer that you use when you get a facial, except for it's a hooded dryer. Okay. So it blows open the cuticle of your hair because, again, warm blows open the cuticle of your hair. Mm-hmm. And it helps the treatment that you put in your hair to penetrate better through your hair. Some people sit under the steamer with no treatment in their hair just because of that moisture goes into your hair. Okay. So yeah. it's really good for moisturizing or if you have hair that is low porosity. So, you know, when you have low porosity hair, your products just sit on top of your hair. They don't soak in. Okay. So all of my clients who have low porosity hair don't have a choice but to get a steam treatment mm-hmm. because your hair is not going to be moisturized yeah. and your hair is going to look dry. Okay. Are you able to look at somebody's hair type and say, like, and determine whether they have low or high porosity hair? Yeah, yeah I am, but it's because I'm a hairstylist. Right. So day-to-day people are probably not going to be like, yeah, they wouldn't know. But I've literally been doing hair since I was 10. Right. So, you know. Yeah. So how, like, if somebody wanted to test that at home, like, what should they do? So you can put your hair in a cup of water. Okay. Um, I never do this, so yeah. I don't even know if it really works. Okay. But I know on YouTube, everybody says you take a strand of hair and put it in a cup of water. Mm-hmm. If it floats to the bottom, I don't know if that's low or high. You guys have to go. <laughs> but basically, <laughs> the porosity says it's taking a strand of your hair and putting it in water. What I do to test people's porosity in the salon is mm-hmm. if I wet your hair and it's not getting wet and it's just like sitting on top, your hair is not like soaking it in or anything, then I know your hair is low porosity. Okay. And I can really look at people's hair, like, if your hair is just extremely dry mm-hmm. and it looks brittle and stuff, nine times out of ten you have low porosity because it's not 
your hair is not soaking anything in. Okay. Or if a client, if I do a consultation with somebody and they say, hey, it's extremely hard for me to moisturize my hair. My hair doesn't get oily, nothing. Mm -hmm. Then I'm like, your hair is probably low porosity and that's why it's not getting oily. Because everybody with normal or high porosity, Mm -hmm. their hair um, gets oily. Okay. And it soaks in product. Okay. So I'm trying to think because I feel like when I had longer hair... And I'll get it washed. Like, it would literally be, like, drenched, like, dripping. Mm-hmm. But when I put product in it, I don't feel like... Like, I've never had oily hair. Like, my hair... I don't... Never. Yeah, I don't think my hair has ever been, like... I don't know. Like, this is super... It's my always, hair gets oily. Okay. My <clears throat> hair is oily to the point where I have to wash my hair, like, every week. Okay. Which is why I only wear silk presses in the winter. Mm-hmm. Because in the winter, it's a little less oily because it's dry outside. But my hair gets very oily, even if I don't put product in my hair. Okay. Yeah. I have never experienced that. <laughs> so, I guess I have low porosity hair. No? Yes? Yeah. Okay. So, I'll try to, like, figure out what I need to do differently. Um, so what was cosmetology school like? So you kind of touched on it, um, briefly earlier, but really like at the end of the day, when you look back at it, like what was that process like? Like what kind of classes did you have to take? Where do you feel like the course was catered to like somebody that wants to do black hair or is it more, you know, like universal? I'm doing air quotes. (laughs) So the cosmetology school that I went to was in Las Vegas. Okay. So I moved to Vegas when I was 18. Okay. So I went to cosmetology school in July, right after I graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. So I was the youngest person there. Okay. Everybody else that I went to school with was like in their 20s. Some people were in their 30s, like doing career changes. Got it was you. a few older people there and everything. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I already knew how to do hair. And I already had like experience like shampooing in a salon and yeah. things like that. So um, to me, it was different than somebody who would be going with no hair experience. Okay. Um, I actually got into it with one of my teachers. Uh oh. <laughs> like it was this white guy, and he was trying to tell us how to press hair, and he wanted oh, us child. to put like pressing cream in the hair. I was like, "You will burn somebody's scalp if you right. do that." That's what people used to do back in the day. Oh my god. And then being from Detroit, you know, Detroit yeah. is like a hair city, right? That's so what I'm... it's totally different than if you go to the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And then in Vegas. People claim Vegas is very diverse, but it's not a lot of black people in Vegas. Okay. It's not like when you come from a black city, right. like if you're from Detroit or yeah. Atlanta, like it's totally different. Mm-hmm. So I got into a whole argument with him. He was like, my wife is black. I know what I'm talking about. I was like, and her hair is probably sick. I was about to say, show me some photos. Right. <laughs> I was like, hair looking like, and at this point I was doing my mom's hair, my aunt's hair, my cousin's. So, yeah. you know, I've been doing people's hair. Right, of different And we textures. don't put product in our hair like that. Even now to this day, like in, the, in my salon space. The only product I put in people's hair is prior to me blow drying. Okay. After that, I'm not putting product in your hair because your hair is going to produce its own oils. Mm -hmm. The man swore he knew what he was talking about. I was like, you can teach me about color and cutting, but you can't teach me how to press black period. hair. Like, period, <laughs> sir. Like, And then at this point, like, in Detroit, people were wearing silk presses at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, they were like, what's a silk press? I was like, it's when you literally, like, wash blow dry and flat iron your hair, but it's based upon the products that you right. use. Not ju- you don't have to do a hard press with Marcel flat irons or, like, the stove curling irons. Mm-hmm. And they were still doing that. Okay. So I felt like they were dated. Yeah. Yeah. But I did learn a lot in terms of the chemistry aspect of color. That's where I learned how to do color. Okay. Um, I sat up under somebody who was a teacher there that specialized in color who had, like, um, certifications from a whole bunch of different color lines. Mm -hmm. I basically stalked her. Okay. (laughs) Because that's what I wanted to do. Right. And that's where I already knew how to do black hair. And I was like, you know what? If I learn how to do color, that will set me apart as a young black stylist. Okay. Because a lot of young black stylists don't do color or don't know how. Mm -hmm. And they're not using professional products. Yeah. So that sets you apart and allows you to market yourself to other people. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, as far as, like, completing the program, is it, because I'm sure you guys don't get, it's not, like, a regular grading system. Is it just Oh, no, it is. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah, so, well, my school was. Okay. I don't know how it is in Detroit because, like I said, I went to school in Vegas. Yeah. I had to take tests. Okay. Every single Friday. Wow. So, and we had theory every morning. Mm -hmm. So, you had three hours of theory, and then the rest of the day, you would be on the salon floor taking clients. Okay. But we did get tests. And if you didn't pass your test, you weren't going on to the next. Um, so basically, it's like freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. Okay. So you weren't going on to the next portion of your program. Mm-hmm. And if you couldn't complete it, you got kicked out. Wow. That's intense. Like, But in Vegas, school is more intense than here. In Vegas, you need more hours. Like, I okay. have reciprocity to have my license anywhere in the United States. Okay. 
because when I went to school, Vegas had the highest requirements. They since lowered them. Okay. But in Vegas, you also have to take <clears throat> three written tests to get your cosmetology license before you even take the um the physical test. Okay. Like the practical, you have to take three written tests. And it's pretty much all based on the science of... So they give you a law test. Okay. Then you have to take... It's Vegas law, then okay. it's like cosmetology law, and mm-hmm. then it's like a biology portion. Okay. So we were doing some of the things, like I'm sure people are going to get offended by me saying this, but some of the things that we did in terms of our theory in the biology portion is stuff that you do in the beginning of nursing school. Okay. Which is why I said for people who want to really specialize in hair care or mm-hmm. you care about like holistic hair care, things like that, you should go to cosmetology school okay. because it's totally different than you just doing a sew-in on Six Mile mm-hmm. and be like, I know how to do hair because yeah. I've been doing hair in the city of Detroit. Mm-hmm. It's completely different. I also think the cosmetology field is a whole different ballgame when you move out of state. Okay. Totally different. How so? So you don't deal with the same things that people do here. Okay. Um, you're able to market yourself differently than you do here because in other states, and not just Vegas, like I said, Vegas is not completely black. Mm-hmm. So I had multicultural clients. I okay. do here as well, but right. it's because of where I work. Yeah. But um, in Vegas, I had a lot of white clients, but it's because, again, the way you market yourself. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, it's not like a black and white thing. Like okay. you can market yourself to whoever. Okay. And because they do have those requirements for cosmetology, you're put in a position to be able to market yourself to anybody because they do teach you cutting and color and they do teach you, mm-hmm. you know, like updos for weddings or things like that. You can go work on a strip and make 100000 Right. If you work at a casino, you can make. Yeah, I can see that <laughs> easily. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So you were talking about earlier how there's a difference between like getting your cosmetology license and then getting your natural hair practitioners. Mm-hmm. So obviously I'm guessing in cosmetology school they're not teaching you how to do twist outs or Mm-mm. no. Okay. So what is the difference between or I guess what is if you know the process of like obtaining your natural hair practitioner's license? So I don't know the complete process <clears throat> for Michigan. I know in Vegas all you have to do is go online okay. and you have to get you have to pass like a written test. So basically they give you a little study book and mm-hmm. it's way less requirements than cosmetology school of course because you're studying on your own. Okay. They just ask you sanitation sanitation questions like oh if you use a comb in somebody's hair do you have to put it in barberside things okay. like that and then they have you do like three different braid styles for your practical test and that's it that's and you kinda, just pay for the license that's kind of crazy to me because i still feel like if i have you doing my twist style i would still want you to know a little bit more than just how to well i guess they feel like if you want to do that you already know about natural hair I feel like that is, um... but it is crazy. The reason why you, the reason why, also, if you only have a natural practitioner's license, you cannot um, press people's hair. You can't okay. use any chemicals, mm-hmm. none of that stuff. So you can't like color people's hair. Okay, you can't cut people's hair either. Do you feel like they should start teaching that stuff in cosmetology school, or do you feel like it's okay for it to be separate? I feel like it's okay for it to be separate. Most people who go to cosmetology school already know that, though. Okay. Like, if you're a black girl going to cosmetology yeah. school, nine times out of ten, you know how to do a braid or two okay. or do, like, a twist out. Mm-hmm. But they don't teach that in the cosmetology school I went to. I'm pretty sure if you go to a black cosmetology school, mm-hmm. they'll put a portion into their curriculum where it talks about, yeah. like, natural hair care. Okay. Um, I used to want to own a cosmetology school. Mm-hmm. I'm still on the fence about it now okay. just because I feel like – it's hard to find teachers who are still passionate about their career okay. when they get to that point. Yeah. Because being a teacher, of course, does not pay as much as you doing hair full time. Right. So it's like, how did you get to the point where I want to be an educator? Mm-hmm. Did you have a lot of black instructors at your school? No, or? I had one. Oof. And I'm still cool with her. We talk all the time. Okay. Um, she's actually from Chicago. Okay. So she understood how I felt about that man trying the to man, you. Yeah, she actually <laughs> pulled me out of his class. She actually saved my ass mm-hmm. because I would have got kicked out if it was only white people there because we was really going toe-to-toe. Mm-hmm. And then the stuff that you say at 18, I wouldn't say now at 25. Right. Like, I wouldn't have been going back and forth <laughs> with him like that, like being disrespectful. Yeah. I would just say, okay, and let it go. Yeah. But at that point, at 18, you know, first of all, you feel like you know everything Listen. when you're 18. You're like, I'm grown, okay. blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, but, you're not. <laughs> right. But she understood what I was saying. She actually told him, like, hey, don't teach them how to press people's hair like that because if somebody comes in and they're on the floor and needs to press somebody's hair, that will burn somebody's hair. Yeah. She was like, it's not the same thing as you practicing on a mannequin head and the same right. things that we did in the 80s 
And in the 70s, the 90s, whatever the case may be, we're not going to do that in 2012, 2013. Mm -hmm. Like, no. You're not going to have people walking around with a greasy wrap. Definitely totally different than a mannequin head because they have no feelings. Like, they don't. And the hair on mannequin heads does not have the cuticle layer. So it's harder to straighten that hair Mm -hmm. than it would be your real hair. Yeah. Listen, I can't believe he tried to tell you how to use a pressing comb. Like, do you? I've been using a pressing comb since birth. Right? No, <laughs> real life. I started pressing my own hair when I was ten. Like, I started pressing my own hair in the fifth grade, and the first time I pressed my hair, I burned a chunk of my hair out, and it was a big blind patch in my hair because I know, burned it. Yeah, growing pains. I feel like everybody. But that's how I learned. Yes, everybody. I feel like has had a piece, a chunk of hair probably burned off. As I know, I did in like tenth grade, but it wasn't my fault. It was, I was my, a stylist. Yes, because I think she was. She was like talking to somebody or something, and she left it in for too long. And I was like, I heard something, but I don't really know if my I didn't know until she got done. I was like, all right, so I guess I'm gonna just be looking like alfalfa for a little bit, but it's okay, (laughs) (laughs) it's fine. So you talked about your products that you make. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you tell us kind of like what you offer and like why they're great and why we should buy them? Yes. Okay. Okay. So currently I have shampoo, conditioner, Mm -hmm. and then I have the scalp tonic that I was talking about Mm -hmm. previously. And then I also have like three vegan treatments that have to be refrigerated. So I don't ship those. You have to like pick them up in salon. Okay. But I have an avocado mask. And it's like, it's avocado, it has aloe, ginger, Mm -hmm. um, lemongrass, it has some of the scalp tonic that I make, it has that in there as well. Okay. And then it also has um, coconut milk. Okay. So coconut milk is good for your hair, just not coconut oil. Interesting. But, (laughs) because it's a different, like, the, it's made up differently, like the actual, not genetic makeup like a human. Yeah. It's different than coconut oil. Okay. Um, then I have a turmeric mask. If you have light hair, I don't suggest using that in your hair because it'll tint it yellow. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. it's good as well. And then I have another one that's like made out of kale. Okay. It has like kale and tea in it. Green mm-hmm. tea is really good for your hair and black tea. Okay. Both of them help to add shine to your hair. And then the vitamin K in kale helps to strengthen your hair follicles. Okay. Now, what does ginger do for your hair? It stimulates your hair follicles, so it'll make your hair grow. Oh, okay. So that's good for people that are like concerned about their edges because some mm-hmm. people in our in the questions were concerned about their edges oh yeah so my scalp tonic is really good for your edges too okay. a lot of my friends boyfriends and husbands mm-hmm. use my scalp tonic in their beard okay i don't market it as beard oil because yeah. i'm that men are not my target market. right but um yeah they use it in their beard and they'll use it like on their hairline okay because since we're pushing 30 Look. you know also yeah. a lot of men we know are balding PSA, but... some of y'all just need to let it go yeah just, just go, go bald and get a beard because you can look like a zaddy and look. we'll be like hey who doesn't love a bald bearded black man i right. can't think of like, somebody just that doesn't your, just make sure your beard is not patchy right just work on that okay so if you're okay so let's say this if you're in the process of like losing your hair and your beard is not where it needs to be i guess you'll just have to hold on to the hair until the beard gets Comes where it needs to be. right okay because you can't yeah we don't want you looking like crazy yeah <laughs> so basically every everything that i make or from my product line is mm-hmm. plant-based unless well i'm formulating a hairspray so of course hairspray is not plant-based right but um like my shampoo conditioner and treatments those are all like plant-based things they're okay. um very minimal yeah science involved mm-hmm. um but my, like I said, my products are plant based. My shampoo and conditioner is thermal protection, mm-hmm. so it protects your hair from heat without you having to add extra product into okay. your hair. It also protects your hair from the sun Ooh. because it's UV protection. Okay, and a lot of people don't understand you need UVA and UVB protection for your hair. Yeah, I am one of those people. I'm like literally just not learning this as mm-hmm. you're saying that the sun can burn your hair just like it can burn your skin you know black people don't think they need sunblock yeah i feel like we're getting we're getting there we're getting there i think that a lot more people now are kind of like okay let me put it on i don't put it on every day neither but so i'm a cheater and i use a moisturizer that has sunscreen in it mm-hmm. or i will use foundation that has sunscreen okay. in it. like if i'm wearing makeup yeah but christian gets on my butt about <laughs> hey christian using, yeah she gets on my ass about using a sunblock she's okay. like that's how you have hyperpigmentation okay well girl nobody asked you even though i probably did because you're doing my facial right now right <laughs> <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah like i said all the products are plant-based um and you're supporting a black business yes. when you shop with me period most importantly 
And then also, they leave your hair feeling amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just saying that because it's my own products. <laughs> You've seen the results. Yeah, okay. like I said, like I was telling you earlier, I cut my hair very short in mm-hmm. May. My hair can go on a ponytail now. Yeah. So I cut my hair May 8th and I cut it to about like two inches of hair. Mm-hmm. Maybe less than that. It was really short. Mm-hmm. Like a big chop. Yeah. And the back was tapered and the sides were tapered down, not with clippers, but the guy tapered them with scissors. Okay. Like, but he made it really, really low. Like, I couldn't even grip it to get braids. Okay. And now my hair can go on a ponytail. I do use my growth serum, like, every two to three days. I just put, like, a few drops in my scalp and rub it in. Okay. It has lavender and peppermint in it, mm-hmm. so that stimulates your hair follicle. Mm-hmm. And it helps to strengthen your hair follicle as okay. well. So, yes, yeah, some little goodies in there. Okay. And then my shampoo and conditioner has biotin in it as well. Okay. So that also helps to strengthen your hair and promote hair growth. Now, can people only order offline or can they come and get no, them? No, they can come to the salon and get them. I'm actually having an event that's free. Mm-hmm. It's going to be November 24th. I love 24th. a shameless plug. Come yes. on. Okay. It's going to be November 24th. It's free, but you guys can come out and it's called Texture Talk. Okay. So I'm going to talk to people about like hair care at home, especially parents who have kids who may yes. not know how to do their hair. Yes. Um, just talking to people about like how to do your hair at home, even if you want to straighten your hair at home. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna talk to people about all of those kind of things and why you should use certain products. Okay, where's it gonna be? What time? Okay, so it's at the salon. Mm-hmm. So it's in Southfield, like on Southfield Road near 13 Mile. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to post a flyer on my social media. Okay, so it'll have all the details and you can RSVP on Eventbrite, but it's free. Okay, but um, it'll be from noon to 3 p.m. and okay. that is on a Sunday. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I love that. What are some pet peeves you have when it comes to people in their hair? Like, what is, like, if you get a new client, what is what is something that you feel like they come in and you just like, why, did, why have you been doing this to your hair? I don't like it. Number one, I don't like it when clients ask me a question and don't listen. Okay. Like, if you're going to ask me a question, mm-hmm. at least take the answer. Okay. If you don't like it, just don't say anything. Yeah. But don't go back and forth with me when I'm the person who you came to because you feel like I can help you okay. fix your hair. I also don't like it when people relax their edges. Like, that drives me insane. Okay. If you're going to have natural hair, have natural hair. Yeah. Because when you relax your edges, you're putting yourself at risk to have broken edges. Um, You're actually putting... It's like doing heroin on your hair. Like, why That's would so you do scary. that? It's like, this is your hair natural and this is your hair dress. <laughs> like, why would you do that? Now, if you have a short haircut or something, okay, that's your business. Okay. But if you're somebody who has long, beautiful hair, please don't relax your edges. Okay. Please. That's a pet peeve of mine. That and just don't even sound right. <laughs> I don't like it when people, uh, when people like, flat iron their leave out too much. Okay. It bothers me. That's why I steer away from doing traditional sew-ins a mm-hmm. lot. I do micro-links a lot. Yes, I wanted to ask you about that, too. We can talk um, about that next. Okay. So, I like it when clients listen. So, if you go home and do your hair, that's mm-hmm. fine. I'm not a you-gotta-come-every-two-weeks type right. of stylist. I really tell people to come every six to eight weeks to get okay. a haircut. Okay. So, like, get a trim or a haircut every six to eight weeks mm-hmm. and get your conditioning treatment. Okay. If you buy products for me and do your hair at home, you'll be good. Mm-hmm. Your hair will still grow because you're using the proper products. Mm-hmm. Or even, I even give people a list of things they can get from Ulta. Okay. I just suggest that you use professional hair care products. Don't go to Target and get Shea Moisture to do a silk press in your hair because it's not for that. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So my only issue is when people don't listen to product suggestions or if they go home and try to, like, relax their hair or over flat iron it. Like, mm-hmm. please don't burn your hair out and then you want me to fix it because it's not going to be fixed overnight. You got to let it grow back. Do you have a lot of clients that still relax their hair? So no? I don't do relaxers at all. Okay. Um, the only chemicals I use are color or lightener Okay. to create, of course, color surfaces. But that's it. I don't do anything else. I do have clients of other ethnicities that get keratin treatments. Okay. But I won't do a keratin treatment on black women. Okay. Because I don't feel like our hair is strong enough for keratin. Mm-hmm. And most people who um, get keratin have coarse hair, but it's a loose curl pattern. Okay. So keratin is is like a smoothing system. It's yeah. not a relaxer. So it doesn't take away your curl pattern. It takes away frizz from your hair. Got you. Somebody, <laughs> this one lady I used to go to once upon a time to get my eyebrows done. And mm-hmm. I stopped going to her because of this. But... I don't remember how I had my hair this day, but she was just like, oh, you need to get a keratin treatment in your hair. I'm was like, she black? No. Oh. I'm like, let me Ma'am, go away. <laughs> That's rude. I'll shut this place down. <laughs> Why would she do that? That is I, rude. I'm like, I can't even see you for my eyebrow. Not my hair. Not my hair. <laughs> like, okay. She's crazy. Yeah, she was nuts. That was the last time I had ever seen her because I'm like, I won't be back. <laughs> don't worry. 
<laughs> um, what does healthy hair look and feel like? So when you think of somebody that has healthy hair. Um, so healthy hair is moisturized. Mm -hmm. Um, when you straighten your hair, it's going to have like bounce and spring to it. It's not going to be like limp. Yeah. Um, I can't say shiny because shiny hair doesn't always mean healthy. Mm -hmm. Like your hair can be shiny just because it's oily. Right. (laughs) But really, if your hair is moisturized and your ends are not dead, you have like nicely clipped ends. Your hair is moisturized. It has like body and volume to Mm -hmm. it. You nine times out of ten have healthy hair. Okay. Okay. And healthy hair is good hair. I don't feel like your hair texture determines if you have good hair. No, no, no. That is the dumbest thing I ever hear people say. Yeah. Because what does that mean? And it irritates me. Same. Because what does that mean? I have clients who are mixed and their moms don't look like us. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just different ethnicities. And it irritates me when they're like, oh, one kid has good hair. My other kid doesn't like, why would you say that? Yeah. And I think that they don't get it because they're not black women. Okay. But a lot of black women do it, too, and it bothers me. Like, don't say one of your daughters has good hair and the right. other one doesn't. I know. See? Brainwashed. Yeah. Like, okay. y'all are just. The colorism is real. Yeah. <laughs> um, what makes you so passionate about beautification? Um, it makes me really happy when I make people feel good about themselves. Okay. So doing hair for me has never been like a money thing. Yeah. Like I've done hair for people for free because they couldn't afford to get their hair done. Okay. But it makes me happy when people feel good when they get up out of my chair. Mm-hmm. Because when my hair is not done, I really feel ugly. Like I would sit there and like <laughs> cry. And my boyfriend is like, would you shut up? Like, like no, you don't understand. But I'm like, you don't get it. And then for black women, hair is a big deal. But it's because society makes it a big mm-hmm. deal for us. So... To, like, literally have somebody get up out your chair and be like, thank you so much. I love my hair, blah, blah, blah. Taking pictures and selfies and stuff, it makes me happy. Yeah. I mean, just because I can think of times where I've gotten my hair done and, like, have gone home and just been like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Right, you didn't really like it. Right, and I really like it. Or, like, it didn't look cute that first day, but then Mm -hmm. maybe, like, two days later after you, like, wrapped it a couple times, it's like, all right, I can work with this. Yeah. Yeah. So that's very important. I feel like people are super talented when you can get out the chair the first time and be like, I love my hair. Like, I love how it looks. Yeah. Um, Oh, we were supposed to talk about micro links. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, tell me about those. So there's two different types of micro links. Well, actually three. Okay. So there's three different techniques you can use for micro links. There's eye tips, Mm -hmm. which are like individual strands of hair. And when you get eye tips, you have to get the hair from the person that's doing your hair. You can't just go get eye tips yourself okay if you do nine times out of ten it's not going to be the best quality hair mm-hmm. most people who do eye tips have their own vendor or they sell hair or they've been trained through a company who supplies them with the hair okay eye tips when you get eye tips you have to make sure the hair matches your exact density mm-hmm. your texture because it's individual strands that go onto little itty bitty tiny pieces of your hair and it's secured with a silicone bead so it's like a lash extension but for your hair mm-hmm. Kinda. So, like, if I had, like, some chunks missing or, like, pieces missing, I wanted to fill it in, like, I would mm-hmm. get micro links. Yeah. Okay. You can also do wefted micro links, which is what most of my clients opt for. Okay. There's two different ways to put in wefted micro links. I'm, I can't really explain it. I'll have to show you. Okay. Because you're going to be like, what? <laughs> like, can you say that in layman's terms? <laughs> but um, wefted micro links basically use bundle hair. Okay. Again, and you use the bead. Okay. Again, I do suggest you use the hair that matches your hair when it's silk pressed. Got you. Um, all of my clients are natural, like I said. So if you go to somebody who knows how to silk your hair, you won't have an issue. Okay. But with um, wefted micro links, you use one to two bundles of hair, depending on the density of your hair, and you put it in with the beads. Okay. If it's put in properly, you will be able to put your hair in a high ponytail, and you can, like, style your hair based upon how you ask the stylist to um, install them in the front. So if you wanted a heavy side bang or something, you can do that. If you wanted most of your hair out in the front Mm -hmm. so you can switch your parts, that's an option as well. But it just depends upon what you discuss with your stylist. Okay. Um, microlinks are extremely versatile. Mm -hmm. I used to get microlinks before I cut my hair. Okay. And people thought it was my real hair. Okay. Because the hair that I sell, like I sell extensions, you guys. So I sell raw Cambodian hair, so it's a little heavier than Brazilian hair. And it's the actual strands of hair, of course, meaning it's thick strands of hair, but the curl pattern or the, well, I I like straight hair or wavy hair, but the actual hair is smooth. So it looks really pretty up against silk pressed hair, but it's heavy, so it's full, Mm -hmm. like our real hair would be. I was looking at your Instagram, and, like, I think you had 
done the micro links on one girl and I was like, I don't understand because it looks like her hair. I'm yeah, like, that's what, what is everybody she? Says, like, yeah. What does she do? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I need to ask about this because like that is actually crazy. Like I was zooming in like trying to see. Like, I'm like, I don't see nothing. <laughs> so some people get micro links for length. Like when I put micro links in my hair before I cut my hair short, I had my hair cut in a bob. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a super short bob. It was like more of a what was asymmetrical on one side was longer. Okay. But I just wanted more volume to my hair, and I was tired of having a bob. And I feel like when you cut your hair in a style, it takes a minute for it to it grow does. back out. And then yeah. you just get annoyed. Yep. Like, I'm tired of it. Mm-hmm. So I would get micro links with 16-inch hair, so it wasn't super long. Okay. But people would just be like, oh, your hair grew back. Yeah. You're like, mm-hmm. Yep, it sure did. It did. So, <laughs> but you can put it in a high ponytail. You can do a bun. You can get to your scalp. I don't like traditional sew-ins because I can't get to my scalp, and yeah. I love to wash my hair. Okay. Yeah, I've never had a sew-in, I think, for that reason also. Because, like, if I'm having a bad day, I go wash my hair. Mm-hmm. If I feel stressed, I wash my hair. Yeah, or I'll, like, <laughs> scoop down in a bathtub if I'm having a bad day and let okay. the water go on my hair. Yeah. So I'm like, I can't <laughs> do that with a sew-in. Mm-hmm. But with microlinks, you can do that because you can just get out and blow dry your hair. Yeah, and everybody's hair, it all, they made it seem like it was just so itchy. And I'm like, I can't do that. I'm sorry. Yeah, if you have an itchy scalp, I don't suggest getting a sew-in unless yeah. you're going to take it out after, like, three weeks, mm-hmm. which at the end, that's a waste of money. You Honestly. pay a lot of money for it. Right. Microlinks last for about six months, though. Oh, if wow. If you have proper, like, my clients, if they're properly getting it serviced, mm-hmm. you can keep it in for, like, six months. You just have to keep coming in to get them tightened, and then we have to make sure you're not getting built up on your scalp. If I see that you're getting a lot of build up in your scalp, I will suggest, hey, maybe it's time for us to take these out, okay. and then you can put them back in just to make sure we're cleansing your scalp and then we're cleansing the actual weft mm-hmm. for your micro links. How do you take them out? You just so you, to put micro links in, you have to use hair pliers. And okay. it's not like I guess back in the day it was the same thing with fusions, but it was a heated plier. This mm-hmm. is just like regular hair pliers. You can actually use a jewelry plier too. Okay. Like if you know people who make jewelry. Yeah. It's the same type of tool. You just open the bead back up and you slide it down your shaft of hair. Oh, okay. And it doesn't if you're using the beads that are lined with silicone it's not going to put tension on your hair okay. because the silicone is protecting your hair. Yeah. And it's um keeping that keeping the actual metal part of the bead from snagging your hair. Okay. Now, people who just use the metal bead, I'm like, "Ooh, you better than me cuz yeah. I couldn't." It pulls on people's hair. I know. I'm like visualizing that right now. Yeah, and then it causes breakage. <sighs> then you don't have to just wear micro links forever. Yeah. <laughs> Which at that point you should get a wig. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Um, okay, so we have some listener questions. Okay. Um, so my friend Chevelle wants to know how does she overcome hair that is stuck at one length? And then how can she turn fine hair thick? Okay, so if you there's a difference between thin hair and fine hair. Okay. So my hair is very thick, but I have fine hair. Mm-hmm. So I have high density hair. So okay. my strands of hair are fine, meaning it breaks down easily. So if I blow dry my hair with a really good brush, it'll get like really, really straight. Okay. Like people will be like, did you flat iron your hair? Mm-hmm. But it's because my strands of hair are fine. So it doesn't take a lot to break it down. Okay. If your hair is thin, either you were born with thin hair or it could be something that you're doing for it to be thin. Okay. So I would have to ask her like one-on-one questions like, hey, what's your regimen? What are you doing to your hair? But I do suggest people oil their scalps with something that's going to stimulate your hair follicle. I know a lot of people who use my bloom serum, they say their hair gets thicker first before it gets longer and then it starts to get longer. Okay. Um, Also, if your hair is stuck in one um, stage, one, you should probably go to a stylist and get a consultation to ask them what you should be doing to your hair. If you're not trimming your hair, okay. nine times out of ten, that's why you're not retaining length because your ends are breaking. Okay. So if you haven't gotten a good trim, go ahead and get a trim every three months and get treat treat your hair at home, but get treatments in a salon mm-hmm. ever so often, too. Like, when you get a trim, just get a treatment as well. Okay. And she should see a difference. Okay. Having thick hair is stressful. Listen. I know. Some people love having thick hair, though. It's stressful I, for me. I do because I'm like, oh, I guess when I get old, I won't have to worry about, it's well, knock on wood. Yes. Like, Yeah, nobody in my, well, my mom's sister's hair thinned, but I mm-hmm. think it could have been from medication or something. Okay. But my grandma's hair never thinned. Yeah. Like, that makes me happy, but, like, getting it done was always just a process. Like, mm-hmm. getting it blow-dried and then having to, like, get it pressed. And then I always did end up having to get it flat iron with the ceramic, mm-hmm. well, the metal, the mm-hmm. little oven ones, and then getting, like, using the regular flat Really? It was a lot. Just Were to, you going to an older stylist? Yeah, he was, like, yeah. 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 Because, like, now, like I said, all my clients have natural hair. Mm-hmm. I use regular flat irons on them, and they be like, dang, my hair 
mm-hmm. that's straight. But I think it also is because one of the products that I use, like I yeah. said, my products have silk amino acids and silk protein. Okay. So it does help your hair to get silkier. Mm-hmm. But also, I blow dry the shit out of people's hair. Okay. Like, I blow dry people's hair with a brush. I do not use the comb attachment. Okay. And when I use the brush, I put tension on your hair to stretch it so you don't have to use as much heat. Mm-hmm. You make me want to get my hair pressed. <sighs> Okay. <laughs> well, when it grows back, you know where I'm at. <laughs> I know. Well, get, give me like five years. Maybe I'll decide I want hair again. We'll see. <laughs> um, my friend Olivia says, how can she prevent? She had a lot of questions, but some of them you already answered. Okay. Um, but one of them was how to prevent product buildup. So she has, I mean, her hair was literally, she cut it, but her hair was, I mean, not exaggerating, like down to her butt. Um, and super curly, and right now she cut it, it's probably like shoulder length. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's natural, she's in Florida right now, so okay. like it's hot. And in Florida, well, is she in southern Florida? She is in Gainesville, oh, so I don't, I don't know, know exactly is where that is. She's by some water for sure. Okay, so if she's near the ocean, she may be experiencing salt buildup on her hair. Okay. Because my cousins live in Miami, and they get salt buildup on their hair. You should get this treatment called Malibu. Okay. I don't know if you can buy it at the regular store if you need to go to Ulta. But it's for white hair or for people who are about to get a color service. But basically, it removes buildup from your hair. Okay. So it's like, I think it's Malibu C. Okay. They have different ones, but if she goes somewhere where they sell it, she can ask them which one is best for product buildup. Mm-hmm. And then it'll you can wash your hair with it, and it removes buildup. But I don't suggest doing it that often. You can do it, like, maybe every two months if you just have a lot, a lot of product buildup. Uh-huh. If not, use a shampoo that has stripping power. Like, it doesn't have to have sulfate in it, but use one that says it's, like, clarifying or something okay. like that, and then it'll take the buildup off. Even, okay. like, the Paul Mitchell... Tea tree and lavender, mm-hmm. that's a good thing for product buildup. It'll remove it. It'll strip all the stuff off of your hair. And a lot of times you get product buildup because some products have silicone in it. Okay. And actual, like, putting topical silicone on your hair creates product buildup. Okay. Can you get salt buildup even if you're not, like, in the water? Like, just because mm-hmm. you're It's near? from the air. Oh, okay. So there's a lot of salt in the air in Florida. That's yeah. why I asked if she near the ocean. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, my cousins that live in southern Florida, they live in, like, West Palm. So it's not far from Miami. Okay. But they, my little cousin runs track outside. So her hair changed colors and everything. And wow. I was like, oh, that's from the salt. Like, her hair turned light brown. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's from the salt and the sun combination. But salt on your hair dries it out. That's crazy. I would have never thought. Um, okay, so Therese Clark, she has some questions, too. Well, she had a question about her edges. She said, well, my edges not thick like my mama's, but we just talked about that. Um, Or it could be what she's doing to her hair. Yeah. If she wears a lot of protective She does. Or even, like, wearing a ponytail. If Mm -hmm. you wear your your real hair in a ponytail all the time, it'll snatch your edges. Okay. My my cousin, who I said lives in Florida, her sister has very long, heavy hair. And Mm -hmm. we're all first cousins, so we kind of have the same type of hair. Right. But... Her big sister wears her hair pulled back in a bun or a ponytail all the time. She's an engineer, so she always has her hair like yeah. up for work. Mm-hmm. And her edges are gone. Like, not completely gone, but way thinner than when we were kids for her hair to be that thick. Like, mm-hmm. her ponytail, her natural ponytail, looks like two or three bundles of hair. So, imagine okay. your hair being super thick yeah. and then your edges are thin. But yeah. it's because her hair is too heavy, so it's pulling on her okay. edges. Oh, God. Like, I tell so her important. not to put her hair in a ponytail anymore because I'm like, you get older, it's going to be harder for you to I'm touching my back. edges like, please don't go nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> Just stay here. Um, another one of her questions was, should you deep condition before and after a protective style? Yes. Okay. Definitely. Do you have a deep conditioner that you suggest that we use? Um, so my own conditioner can double as a deep conditioner if you go under a dryer or a steamer. Like, it'll pr- penetrate through your hair shaft. Mm-hmm. But I also suggest a brand called Amika. Okay. They have a mask that's called Soul Food, and it is so good. Okay. Like, sometimes I mix it with my conditioner, and mm-hmm. I just set it on my hair and sit under the steamer in the wintertime because it's very, very heavy. Okay. But it works so good, and it smells good. Mm-hmm. I believe that it can be purchased at Sephora, if not okay. online. Okay. But it's called Amika, A-M-I-K-A. Okay. And their logo is like a sugar skull. Okay. Cute. Yeah. Um. Okay. Thanks, y'all, for those listener questions. I have a few more before we're done for the day. Um. Who are your hair crushes? Um, if you have any. I don't know. Okay. So I like different stylists. Mm-hmm. I need to go on my phone and look <laughs> to see. Okay. Who are the people that I like? But it's this one lady, and she does hair in Chicago. Okay. And she does, like, these bomb ponytails. Mm -hmm. 
I, let me see if I can find her. Instagram. While you're looking up, I'm gonna look up too. Are they like? Oh well, you said she's in Chicago because I was gonna yeah. say, are they like all around or are they local? No, she's like in um, Chicago. Okay. She actually t- she charges a lot for ponytails too. Like people mm-hmm. always were. People used to talk about her prices, but then people started going to classes for her. So. Okay. I mean, that's such an interest. That's like a whole nother conversation, but it, just about like creating your price and sticking to it. Oh yeah, much. I had to learn that the hard way yeah. because. People used to get an attitude with me about pricing, but it was really people in my age group or people that were younger. Okay. But my mom had to explain it to me like this. And one of my clients. One of my clients literally gets her hair done by me every 10 days. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what are you back for? Her hair doesn't look bad or anything. Uh She just likes to get her hair done. Okay. But what she said to me, she was like, first of all, getting your hair done is a luxury service. It's not something that's a necessity. So if you can't afford it, then you can go to somebody else. Mm -hmm. It's not like you can't make somebody change their price. Right. Or, and this is funny because, again, me and Christian were talking about this when I was there last time. Mm -hmm. Um, But she was just saying, like, you don't have to come to me. Like, you can go elsewhere. You can go to somebody else. That's cheaper. That's cheaper. But this is what, like, these are the services that I provide. And this is what I pay for. Both the products that me and Christian use are not cheap. Yeah. Like, Christian uses very, very, very good quality also, facial products. very thorough. Yeah. Very thorough. <laughs> like, you're not going to have any issues. If you get a Brazilian wax from her and you get the mask thing, um, like, you don't have any issues. Listen, which I do. And, like, I feel grateful for it because I'm just like, wow, who knew that I needed this uh, Vajay show? Like, yeah, it's very because it's nice. amazing. <laughs> I can't find a lady on Instagram that I was okay. talking about you guys, it's but okay. I do love her. And then it's another person. I believe her Instagram is like K. Yeah, Carrie Allison here. K E R I. Um, K E R R I. Allison here. Oh, I found it. And her. she does like micro links and stuff on her page. Sometimes she posts other people too to give them uh-huh. shout outs. Oh, that's a cute ponytail. But she does really, really cute hair because I like styles that look soft. Yeah. I don't like a lot of product. Mm-hmm. So I like styles that are like soft and effortless, which is also why I love micro links. Yeah. Because. They allow you to have a soft, flowy look without yeah. having to, like, swoop your edges or do anything like that, unless you want to. Mm-hmm. But most of my clients don't like that look anyways. People have to ask me to use edge control. Okay. Because I will press your edges hard before I use yeah. <laughs> any type of product <laughs> in your edges. Because I'm like, the product builds up. And right. And then when you get home and it's white, yeah. then what? Right. Now you're going to be mad at me. Yeah. No. So if y'all want to look at this person's Instagram, it's K-E-R-R-I-A-L-S-T-O-N hair. Also, I really, really love uh, this page called Dami Cole. Mm -hmm. So it's D-O-M-M-I-E-C-O-L-E. And her name is Dominique, but she's in the DMV area. Okay. And she does hair similar to the other girl that I was just saying. Okay. Oh, these waves are nice. Yeah, it's really pretty and soft. Like, she doesn't use a whole lot of product and stuff. Cute. Um, so there's a stigma out here about Detroit hairstylists being difficult. We were talking before we started recording about how people get mad about like deposits or people get mad about like if I show up on time and my hairstylist is late. So I wanted to get your opinion on, I guess, just the culture of Detroit hair and hairstylists right now. Okay, so I feel like that stigma comes really from like social media. The mm-hmm. people who are popular on social media feel like they're real life celebrities. Okay, and I think that people also don't understand your clients pay your bills. Right. So you can't be difficult to yes. people who are paying your DTE bill and mm-hmm. paying your your rent and your salon lease. Right. Like you can't do that. But I do feel like it's an issue not only in Detroit because it's out of town stylists who do that as well. Okay. I feel like the issue is a lot of and it's mainly millennial stylists. Mm-hmm. It's the people in our age group. You need to get a clue and understand, like, this is your bread and butter, so you right. need to run your business professionally and act nice to the people that are paying your bills. Yeah. I definitely understand that not all the time is the customer right. Yeah. Like like I said before, you know, we've had conversations with Christian about how, like, new people sometimes don't want to abide by the policies that are in place or they don't read and they get an attitude, like, mm-hmm. if you don't text them back fast enough or right. people canceling, things like that. That's understandable. Stick to your policy, whatever the case may be. But make sure your policy is realistic, yeah. number one. And if you're going to charge me a deposit or a late fee, make sure that you're here on time and right. you're not triple booking your clients. Right. I don't double book my clients. And if I am running behind, I will give you a free add-on service. Like, if you didn't book a steam treatment and I'm running behind, I will put you under the steamer with the treatment for free. Okay. Because that's my bad. Right. Or 
if somebody is late before you, I will stop doing their service to start your service because you were on time right. and they were late. So they have a penalty, not you. Yeah. That's unfair to the new client. Mm-hmm. But I feel like in Detroit, it is bad because people lack professionalism. But again, a lot of people in Detroit are not licensed. Yeah. So they weren't taught, like, cosmetology school, depending on the school you go to, they make you take a business course, too. Like, our okay. school made us go through a whole little business course mm-hmm. where they talk to us about um, how to run your business properly, the importance of having, like, some type of online booking site. And that was when online booking just began because, like I said, I went to school in 2012. Right. So a lot of people were still just using their phones or writing down in a book, mm-hmm. you know, when people were coming. But... I just feel like people should run their business a bit more professionally. Yeah. And don't let social media get to your head because I don't have a whole lot of social media followers. Mm -hmm. I have like almost 4,000 followers on my business Instagram. Okay. But my clientele is popping. Right. Like I'm booked and busy without having 10,000 followers. But again, I don't market myself to a lot of people who like live on social media. Yeah. Most of my clients are women who are 30 and up. Okay. And they have professional careers or they're business owners. Mm -hmm. So they're not just going to be on social media like living for likes. Yeah. Because that's not the type of person that I market myself to. It's not my target market. Right. I love that answer. Thank you. (laughs) So what does it mean for you to be a damsel in Detroit? I don't know. (laughs) Hmm. And I'm very talkative, so it's bad that I have an answer to that. No, everybody does this. They're uh, like, either they have an answer right on the spot because they were thinking about it before, or they're like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know how I should answer that. <laughs> or I can reframe it as, why do you feel like your roots in Detroit are so important to you? And like, how do they shape you into the woman uh, that you are today? Okay. So I do feel like being from Detroit, you learn a lot about people. Like, it's Mm -hmm. nothing like people from Detroit. Mm -hmm. I don't care what anybody says. And I've lived in other places. I lived in Vegas. I went to college in South Carolina. And I lived in Atlanta for a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't feel like anybody is like Detroit people. Yeah. Like, we have a certain swagger to ourselves. And not just the way we dress, just behavioral patterns, things like that. Like, we can be professional. But at the end of the day, like, you go there with somebody if you need yes. to. And then switch back. To, <laughs> Exhibit A, your teacher. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, switch back to being, like, professional and stuff. But I do feel like being from Detroit, you learn how to hustle. Mm-hmm. You learn how to make money. Um, You learn how to carry yourself in different situations that you wouldn't necessarily learn living somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, Detroit is very important to me because, again, like like we say, I'm from here. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it's important to, like, give back to the city of Detroit, especially as a business owner. Yeah. Um, I do want to start doing more with giving back to young people who want to start businesses. Okay. I've been speaking at different career days and things for high school students. Okay. So, to me, it's nice listening to what they're saying. Right. And, like, taking that in. Like, how can I help them to be in my position? Yeah. Or how can I help them be in a position to make money without necessarily having to go to college because everybody can't go to college right period honestly i mean we can say it but everybody can't everybody isn't afforded the same yeah it's not accessible to everybody no and some people want to be a business owner and don't know where to start Mm -hmm. or they want to be able to give back to their community and they don't even have anything to give really but they want to yeah so I feel like all of those things have pushed me to want to do more with the city of Detroit and just um, maybe start a business in the inner city. Okay. Um, my mom lives in the city, so I don't. I live in Southfield. But yeah. My mom still lives in the city, and I was thinking about possibly opening something near her house. Okay. Because I feel like you it would do to. good. Yeah, I think so. I and mean, it, everybody... would, it would create jobs for the city, too. Right. Because that's a big deal to me, too. Like, yes, it's a lot of businesses in the right. city. But some of those businesses are not creating jobs for Detroit natives. Mm -hmm. They're creating jobs for people who are being flown here Mm -hmm. to do the work. That's true. Yeah. And, like, who doesn't want to get their hair done? You know? Yeah. And I feel like if I didn't have to, like, granted, I mean, I get my hair cut in the city. But I know some people, like, get their hair done, like, elsewhere or whatever. So if you did decide that you wanted to open a second location or a whole, like, facility or whatever that was yeah. in the city like that would just make it so much easier for people i actually want to open something that's not just a hair salon mm-hmm. like i wanted to kind of be like a one-stop shop for okay. the luxe black woman mm-hmm. who doesn't want to necessarily go to like a white salon yeah. or have to be in a position where they feel uncomfortable yeah because sometimes when you go to salons that are not tailored towards black women right it makes you a little nervous about uh, your hair. very <laughs> hair makeup anything because you don't know how it would be if you 
it would be different. Like if you went to a black stylist versus yeah. going to somebody who's not versed mm-hmm. in textured hair. Yeah, for so. sure. Um, and then lastly, where can people connect with you on social and on the web? Okay. So my business Instagram is Maxwell R-E, which is A-R-I, mm-hmm. Essentials. And that's on Instagram as well as Facebook. Mm-hmm. And then you can go on my website, which is MaxwellREessentials.com. Okay. Perfect. Well, thanks for coming, girl. Thank you so much for having me. I had fun. I learned a lot about hair. And now I'm trying to figure out how I can come to you to get a service done. <laughs> like, should I get colored? Should I just come and get my hair washed? Because I do miss other people washing my you hair. You can come get a scalp massage. Ooh. Honestly? Okay. Yeah. Let's do that. Okay. Yeah, a lot of people like getting their hair washed by other people because they Mm -hmm. say it's a total different experience. Yeah, it is. Just washing your hair at home. I I don't even like washing my hair at home. It's not fun. I I like it when my boyfriend washes my hair. It's just like having somebody else just scratch your scalp is like, it's nothing like it. Yeah. It's nothing like it. Like top 10, one of the top, like best feelings ever. That's what people say. People are like, the best part of me getting my hair done is when you shampoo it. Yeah. Because some people make people come shampooed already the ghetto okay <laughs> anyway we're not even gonna get started on this <laughs> thanks y'all for coming i mean for coming for listening um as always i want you to remember that detroit girls do it better and we'll be back next week